What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. But tomorrow is game day as Tennessee kicks off the season against Bowling Green. So today, Brent joins us for the second hour of the show. And if you have a question or comment for Brent Hubbs, 656-9900, 656-9900, star 990 is free. For AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers, the toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Brent's appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. From design to installation, the team at Diversified has you covered. View their portfolio. Portfolio online at sunandscreen.com. Brent Hubs, how are you? I'm doing great, John. Jimmy, hope you guys are well. Time to play a little football around here and see what all the fuss is about, right? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, just as we talked with you last week after the season debut of Vol Calls, I know that, uh, like me, you're excited about what will be a perhaps a different lead-in to uh to the football coverage tomorrow night with the start of the ball network broadcast um we of course have loved doing the kickoff call-in show for years and years but tomorrow it becomes big orange countdown and i think it should be a lot of fun at gate 21 yeah i think we're going to have a blast talking a lot of ball we'll interact with everybody and certainly on the hillside there come out and see us and we'll take your questions and visit with you out there and certainly on social media uh, visit with you as well. We got a lot of fun features coming on. You never know what guests are going to drop by, what former players are going to drop by. We're going to talk a lot of football, lots to, to talk about this team uh, leading up to kickoff tomorrow night. But yeah, it's going to be an absolute blast. Jason Swain going to be a part of that, and some other VFLs will be a part of that program as well uh, throughout the season. I'm looking forward to it, John. It, It'll feel like the old Saturday morning sports talk in some ways, right? When, way, uh, way back when, when. When we were when we were doing things back when I had a big head full of hair that wasn't nearly as white <laughs> as it is now. But uh, I, I'm excited about it, and, and I know that, that the Tennessee fans are uh, excited to be able to come out and, and come, you know, to a full stadium and go through the full regular pregame routine with the ball walk and the salute to the hill by the Pride of the Southland band and then obviously a fixture that has been uh, right outside Gate 21 on the hillside for the pregame uh, with, with the Ball Network, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of that and, and looking forward to doing that with you. And uh, so it, that'll be at 6:30, and uh, as coverage begins for the Ball Network, and Bob and Pat, Bob Kessling, Pat Ryan will open the show, and then we'll take it after that. So, but also very much looking forward to it, and and a lot of folks, as you mentioned already, Brent, looking forward to just seeing what this Tennessee team looks like as it takes the field under a new staff uh, with new direction and tell me what is there one aspect of the game or does it start with just how fast can this offense go uh, when it comes to wondering uh, what you want to see the most going into tomorrow night well i mean there's so many things but look i mean this thing starts and ends with the quarterback position and obviously josh heupel made his decision or his announcement on his decision this week was starting joe milton and Curious to see how Joe Milton fits in this offense and what all he can do for this offense, and that includes how fast they can go. Uh, I, I think we have an idea of what they want to do on offense. There's no doubt about that. You can go back and watch plenty of Josh Heupel offense and play all the way back to Missouri and 
Oklahoma, as well as what he's done as a head coach at Central Florida. So you got an idea of what they want to do. The question there is, can they execute it? On the other side of the ball, you know, it, it, I'm curious to see what it is. You know, what, what exactly are they on defense? What do they want to do? This this game may not tell the biggest tale because I, I think Bowling Green is going to be in a lot of two tight end sets and some stuff you don't see as often in the SEC anymore. But exactly what does Tim Banks and this staff want to do? Uh, what does this defense look like in terms of personnel and style of play? Looking forward to seeing that. There's probably more unknowns uh, on the defensive side of the ball just in terms of schematics and style. Uh, but offensively, it's can this group execute what Josh Heifel wants to do and what he's been doing for a long time. Brent, I don't think anybody disputes Joe Milton's arm or his athletic ability. Uh, the one thing that seems to be in question is putting touch on the ball. We visited with somebody that covered him at Michigan for a few years. I've read articles about it, too. Do you think that's one of his biggest challenges? Obviously, managing the offense is part of it, but as far as being productive, is one of his biggest challenges learning to pass with touch? Yeah, I think that's something that, that, that they've worked on all summer long. And, and if you go back to when Joey Halsley, the quarterback's coach, met with the media the opening week of fall camp, they, they talked about how they didn't have to tear him down and build him back up from a release standpoint or a ton of things. There was some footwork stuff he needed to do. And I think some of that footwork stuff helps with that touch, Jimmy. I think the one thing with Joe Milton, if anybody you talk to from the time he was in high school through his time at Michigan, he's always been able to just rely on the arm strength and the big arm. And I think if he gets his lower body in, in tune with it, I think that's been a focal point. I think that will help with touch. I think that will help with accuracy. And I know that's been a big focal point with them. You know, if you go back and watch Joe Milton at Michigan, there are times where uh, the way the ball comes out of his hand and some throws that he makes, it is completely effortless. I mean, effortless. You know, a 15-yard crossing pattern. I mean, it's just a flick of the wrist, and it's so easy. Then there are other times where the ball, you know, has gotten away with it, away from him a little bit or he's not had the touch he needs to be, he needs to have. It's just the consistency that you're looking for in all the throws. We know how far he can throw it. We know how quick the release can be. It's just managing it throughout the game, and, and I think that is Joe's biggest challenge, and, and that's what he's got to continue to build on starting tomorrow night, getting the start at Tennessee, just be more consistent. Uh, play in and play out, whether it's a, a you know a deep ball, Jimmy, or, or whether it's a ball that's a little swing pass to the running back. Just be more consistent in your delivery. What are your thoughts on the journey of Cedric Tillman, who caught eight passes his first three years at Tennessee, and now he's in the starting lineup? Well, I mean, I think that Cedric has done a, a really good job of dropping some weight and has done a ton of work with yoga and, and a lot of trainers working on his flexibility, trying to get a little more loose. He's probably been too stiff. And, and I think by getting, you know, loosened up a little bit, that's allowing him to play faster and, and be a faster player. I think his experience helps without a doubt, and he can use his body to, to help him get open. Uh, I'm going to be curious to see exactly what those um, what that rotation at receiver looks like in, in terms of that depth chart and, you know, how quickly, you know, they rotate guys and how effective some guys can be. Because um, I think that's the one position on the depth chart where the depth chart probably doesn't mean as much as it does at some other positions, simply because I think they'll rotate a lot of bodies in there. And, 
you know, if you get in there in the right time in the rotation, you start clicking off some first downs and you're playing fast, it may not substitute as much. So uh, it may be a, a situation where the quote, third team guy or the fourth or fifth receiver ends up with more snaps at the end of the game. We'll have to see, but I think they will play uh, a good number of those receivers. But Cedric has worked hard. I think he's had a he had a good spring. He's had a nice summer and has been consistent uh, throughout fall camp. The one question about him is, can he get open against elite corners? Can he create any separation? That's his challenge. What did you think of Josh Heupel on the SEC teleconference today saying, Cooper Bates is smart, has ability to communicate, gets everyone lined up, love his competitiveness, competitive spirit. He's going to be a great one here. Your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, at the point, Jeff Seifel's been very positive about everybody on this team, and I think that's something that the whole staff has been. Uh, I, I think the thing with Cooper is just continue to con- to get to get stronger and to play more and more physical. I, I, he's bigger than he's ever been, uh, but the one challenge for Cooper is going to be when guys like Jordan Davis from Georgia and uh, those 325-pound uh, men, you know, who are who are four fifth-year players, line up across from me. How does he hold up against guys like that uh, in those situations? Uh, but there, there's no doubt that he is a smart guy that understands this offense. And they ask a lot of the center. I mean, that center's got to – nobody on the team has to forget a play faster than the center does to go, you know, spot the ball, get lined up, get the offensive line call made. I mean, there's a lot on the center to do things very quickly, and I think Cooper has picked up on it uh, very quickly and has done a really good job. I think his one challenge will be, can he be physical enough against the real heavy guys that he'll get matched up with from time to time? But from a, from a football IQ standpoint, there's nobody on the offensive front smarter than Cooper Mays. Let's go to the phones and talk to Steve. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Steve. Hey, fellas. Hey. Uh, Brent, uh tight end is the tall boy from North Carolina, from Alabama that got his knee hurt a while back. He's okay now. And there's a former receiver from Georgia that uh, may have grown into a tight end. I think his name is Nixon. Uh, what about them? What do you think about them at tight end? Well, I, I think let's start with Julian Nixon because he's practiced. I think Julian Nixon has been better than I thought he would be um, in, in terms of his physicality. I think he's got a ton to learn from a uh, technique standpoint, because Stevie's never been asked to block before. When I met with Julian Nixon back in, in Georgia before he signed with Tennessee, he was just a big receiver, and he didn't really even entertain the idea of being a tight end, even though you can look at his frame and see that that was coming. Uh, right. but I think it's a matter of him learning the technique and learning the position. Trinity Bell is recovering from the uh, ACL surgery. He has practiced very, very little, uh, just done some individual stuff, non-contact work. He's not ready to play. I don't think he'll be a factor this fall. I think the bigger question with Trinity Bell long term is, is tight end going to be his position or does he end up playing a different position when it's all said and done? Okay. Well... Uh, they like that Charles boy at defense back a lot, don't he? Out of you know, who we're talking about. Yeah, Christian Charles has had a nice fall camp. He had a nice spring. All right. Well, okay. Well, okay, y'all be good. Uh, one of my friends called me. I wouldn't even know when he was on. So I thought, well, I'm going to call him. Uh, 
but well, uh, Steve, we sure do appreciate that. Enjoy game day, and sure we'll talk to you on Friday. Today we are at Powell's Auto Service, uh, Auto Sales and Service. Powell's Personal Auto Locator Service, and Jimmy Himes, they won. They take pride in making this the best pre-owned car buying experience in East Tennessee. At Powell's, they want to be your car guys and car girls. They have great sales and service. They make it easier. It's just easier here. Largest pre-owned inventory in Knoxville, and most come with their famous used vehicle lifetime warranty at no cost. So great deals here at Powell's. And you, it's very easy to find. It is. Uh, if you were on the interstate, uh, I-75 going north, uh, you would exit at Callahan Drive. When you exit at Callahan Drive, you take a left. You go over the interstate, and then once you do that, you take your first left, and you will see it, uh, and it, you can't miss it. So come by and check it out. Powell's Auto Sales and Service. Our guest, Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com. If you have a question or comment for Brent, 656-9900, 656-9900. Brent, uh, I was looking at the depth chart. I don't know what my what you looked at and thought, hey, that's a little bit of a surprise. What did you think of Jaquan Blakely starting at defensive end? Uh, well, I thought the defensive line depth chart was a surprise in general. I mean, Elijah Simmons is a guy that Rodney Garner just – kind of ran over and backed the bus back over him in his press conference. He did not have a lot of, uh, of very good things. You walked out of that press conference and you thought, there's no way Elijah Simmons is going to help this team this year. And then all of a sudden he's in the starting lineup. So um, much like the receivers, Jimmy, I'll be surprised or interested to see kind of how the snap count ends up playing out. Um, Jaquan Blakely is a guy who's made some plays, some some pretty pivotal plays in his limited role. But I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised to see him – uh, in that starting lineup, along with Elijah Simmons. So um, we'll see where Coach Garner is with that defensive lineman when, uh, with that group you know, and, and what it looks like moving forward. I think this week, again, going to rotate a lot of bodies, see a lot of people, and then I think that depth chart may take some twists and turns from week one to week two. Do you expect in passing situations that Tennessee will have Barron and Young on the field at the same time? I think that's the plan that they've pre- prepared for all, all fall long for this season. You know, I, I just don't know how, you know, you don't have your, your better pass rushers on the field in that situation, in, in those situations. They may slide Barron inside at, at some, I, I think, as a possibility um, as, a, as a pass rusher as the year goes along. And I don't want to just completely – you know, downplay Bowling Green like they're nothing because, as everybody wrote, has reminded me, well, Georgia State wasn't supposed to be a whole lot when they came to town, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But th- th- this is a game where I-, I think it's more about seeing how guys play more than it is your scheme because I think if, if look, if Bowling Green's the story of this game in the second half, you got a real, you got some real problems. And so I-, I just think that this is more about kind of figuring out what guys, how guys react to situations, how much they strain. I think it's more about personnel this week for Tennessee than it is anything else. And then we'll see how that shakes out going into week two. Not on the depth chart, defensive line, Aubrey Solomon, Amari Thomas. Is that a message to them, or do you think they just didn't have very good camps? You know, Amari Thomas' challenge is is to play lower. Um, Mm -hmm. He's just really, really tall, and I think that's his biggest challenge. Uh, maybe a little bit of a message. I think early or middle part of fall camp, he was definitely in the two deep. Um, but, again, I, I think they're going to play more than four guys there, so I think you'll see all of them. Uh, Solomon is the guy who physically looks better than he's ever looked. I think the challenge, I think he's in the category of they want to see more strain out of him. You know, there's not been many games where he's not been helped off the field for some medical assistance by a trainer, and I'm not saying he hasn't been hurt, but I think they want a little more strain out of him. 
and and a little more there um, consistently from Aubrey Solomon. I think he's shown a good bit of that this summer with his commitment to losing the weight that he needed to lose. He's by far in the best shape he's been in since he's been here. I just think they're looking for a little more consistency from an effort standpoint, play in, play out. As far as if everything were to go, great guns for Tennessee, where would you set the over and under on how many quarterbacks we could see throughout the night? Um, you know, I think they'll play, end up playing three if the game goes really well. I will say this. I, I think Joe Milton needs as many reps as he can get because I think he needs experience, mm-hmm. and I think he needs the work. So I don't know that it's a situation that if you're up, you know, pretty early in the game that you say, hey, Joe, go take your shoulder pads off and sit and watch because I, I just think he needs the volume mm-hmm. um, just to continue to get experience because from an experience standpoint, I guess he's got more experience than Harrison Bailey. He started games but not a whole lot more. Hendon Hooker's got the most experience of any of them, uh, so I, I think that you want to put some you want to put some reps on, or some some wear on those tires, if you will. Now you don't want him running around, I don't think, and you don't want him getting hurt. But but I don't think that that's one of those deals where you get him out as fast as you can and take the shoulder pads off and and let somebody else play. I, I think you gotta you gotta give him a pretty good run. But I think if the game goes the way the odds makers are talking about, I think you'll see all three quarterbacks play. You mentioned already that uh, there are a lot of folks that can't wait to have the opportunity to, to have to fill up Neyland Stadium, but it's a Thursday night, it's a school night, and just wonder, what do you think the attendance might be in terms of the total number that show up tomorrow night? Uh, I'm, I'm going to defer. I want to defer to the to the capacity expert over here, Jimmy Himes, because he can count people better than anybody I've ever been around. <laughs> um, I, you know, I. Somebody asked me this question maybe late last week or earlier this week. I, I think Tennessee would be elated if there if there was somewhere between, you know, eighty and eighty five thousand fans there. I don't know if there will be, but if if they got eighty to eighty five, I think they would be happy with that total, um, with kind of where the fans are mm-hmm. in terms of wait and see. You mentioned it's Thursday night. The biggest news of the day today is Danny White tweeted out all the student tickets have been picked up. That's fourteen thousand. Uh, are right at it, I think, or twelve to fourteen thousand, something like that. Um, twelve two. Twelve two is that what it is? And, and so, I mean, I think that's a big deal. And um, you know, weather's going to be perfect. Um, it really is uh, from a temperature standpoint. And I, I think there'll be some people who I'm not going. I'm not going. And it gets a little closer. I'm curious. Yes. I'm curious. <laughs> you know, I'm not going over to that thing. There's no way I'm going over. There. Then you say. Well, it's going to be in the upper 50s. It's, the humidity is going to be low. It's not going to be one of those deals. And, you know, ah, maybe I'll go watch them for a little while. You know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go see them for a little while. So I think there will be um, a little bit of a, almost a walk-up type deal to, to this game just because of the curiosity, and I think the weather is going to, going to help bring some people there as well. Now will everybody from West Tennessee come or everybody from, you know, six or seven hours away be able to make it? No, and that's part of the Thursday night thing. But I do think there'll be a, a pretty decent um, crowd kind of making some last-minute decisions to go to the game, in part because of the weather and curiosity. I, I just The closer it gets, the more interested you are in what do these guys look like. You know, right. what, what is it? I just think there's a curiosity factor there. Could be wrong, but I think there's going to be a curiosity factor. If you have a question or comment for Brent, 656-9900, 656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Brent's appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. Let's get a call from Brian. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Brian. 
Hey guys, I had a question for Brent um, about the place kicking. You know, I've heard a lot of the quarterback and the defense talk, but I haven't heard a lot about the place kicking since Samaglia has left. And I was just kind of wondering what kind of place kickers we have, Brent. And I'll listen and uh, hang up, and you guys have a great week. Go balls. Appreciate it. Um, I think Chase McGrath is going to be the kicker. He's not listed as the starter. Um, that's bracketed between him and, and walk-on Toby Wilson, who finished the year last year. And I think Toby finished – Six to seven on PAT attempts, but he did not attempt a field goal after Brent Samagla went into portal last year and, and uh, you know, did not finish the season. Chase McGrath is a, a kicker from Southern Cal uh, who's got a good bit of experience. He's about five, about 50% on, on kicks from 50 or beyond. I think his long's 53 or 54. He's got quite a bit of experience, Jimmy. I, I think Tennessee's pretty comfortable with Chase McGrath. I think they like his range and um, I'm a little surprised that there was a bracketed or there because I, I think Chase McGrath is, is going to be Tennessee's kicker. I've felt that way. Uh, maybe he's not been as consistent as they would like, but I, I just think he's got a better leg and more range than Toby Wilson, who, who did a nice job in what they asked him to do la- at the end of last year. But I think that's going to be Chase McGrath, uh, the transfer from USC. And then um, Josh Heupel's had a real nice luxury uh, with, with the kickoff duties and the punter duties. He's not had to worry about that because of – uh, Paxton Brooks coming back and the experience that he's got there. So that's one one less stressful moment that I think Josh Heupel's had to have is the the kickoff and the punting duties because I think, you know, obviously they're in great shape there. He was uh, at Southern Cal. He made 46 out of 62. And his last year, 2019, he was 14 to 17. Then he had an injury. Yeah. And he lost his job to a freshman. And thus he entered the transfer portal. I'm with you. I'd be very surprised if he is not Tennessee's place kicker. And I, I think he'll do fine. His numbers at Southern Cal were good, not great, but they were pretty good. And uh, made 77% of his kicks, 82% his last year. So I would expect him to do that, uh, handle those duties. And um, uh, he didn't ask this, but on kickoff, they got Paxton Brooks. I think Brooks would do a pretty good job in that regard. Yeah, I think I think they're solid there. He, he was, I want to say, 63 or 64% in, in touchbacks last year. And they didn't give up a bunch of yards in the return yards. They they did a nice job, even when it wasn't in the end zone. His uh, or it wasn't a touchback. Uh, the height on the kick was really good, and so I don't. I, I think they're solid there. The one thing I like about McGrath, Jimmy, he, he was a walk on who played as a freshman, and the moment didn't seem too big for him um, as a freshman. And I know he's coming off the injury, but j- just like the fact that he's got quite a bit of experience and and kicked early in his career, so. I don't think the moment will be too big for him here. So I think his experience wins out to, in, in that place-kicking job. What do you expect out of the, the secondary? I know you, as I do, like Willie Martinez. They've got veteran players. They've got guys that have uh, started. Quite a few of them have started. What are your, what are your expectations from the defensive backs? Uh, my, mine are high. I, I think that is a group that's going to be a lot better than they were, a lot more productive than they were a year ago. Uh, I think Trayvon Flowers is playing with more confidence. I think the step for Trayvon Flowers has become a playmaker. He's got one interception in his career. He did lead the team, I think, in tackles last year with 67 or 68 tackles. But they need him to make more plays, you know, plays that are, you know, drive-ending plays or, or, or momentum plays with interceptions. And I think he's done that this this, this camp. I think they, everybody really likes where he's at. Um, I think Warren Burrell's a, a, an interesting story, a guy who – you know, got thrown out there as a freshman and then kind of, I think, lost his confidence a little bit, Jimmy, and, and didn't get back out there. 
Bryce Thompson was playing there along with Alante on the other side, and, and now he's got his chance. And, and I think Warren Burrell's playing with more confidence. I think Willie Martinez inherited a group uh, with a ton of experience but a ton of scars, and, and I think Willie Martinez has done a nice job getting that group's confidence back. Jalen McCullough's healthy and is moving better. I think he's got more confidence than he's had, and I think right now that, that group has a lot of confidence. I think the biggest question for them is can they put previous play behind them or if they give up a play, does it become, well, a little bit of this? Because I, I thought they had a little bit of uh, analysis or paralysis by analysis last year. I, I thought they played a little bit slow because it was almost like they were overthinking things. And at times it worked well. Jeremy Pruitt was adjusting you know, defensive backs right up until the snap of the ball, and at times he adjusted them right into the play. But I think there were other times that, that those guys played slow because there was a little bit of an information overload in terms of what they were supposed to do. I think this group's going to play a little bit freer. The question is, for me, at nickel, that's my question about that secondary. Can Theo Jackson do everything you need a nickel back to do in this defense? What exactly are they going to ask that guy to do? Um, can, can, they, can they play well at the nickel position? Because that guy gets put in a lot of bad spots. You know, he's got to erase some things. He's got to clean up some things. He's got to handle the run game. And then there's times he gets matched up against the best receiver on the field if they move that guy in the slot. So I, I think that's a tough position to play. That's the one unknown for me. That, that you know, And I like Theo Jackson, but can he be a, a, the every-down nickelback? He hasn't really been to this point. Can he be that guy in this defense? You mentioned Willie Martinez instilling confidence in the defensive backs. Cedric Tillman talked about how he is playing with more confidence now. Do you think in general that this coaching staff has been able to bring these guys along to where they have more confidence and they've been able to shed some of the scars from that 3-7 and seven season a year ago? To this point, yes. I think the, the true answer to that comes when adversity hits. How do you handle that adversity? I think it's easy to get a guy's confidence going um, in the spring and in the summer um, before you get into bad situations or, or before something bad happens to you. That's when you know whether they got their confidence back is how do they handle ad, an adverse situation or handle giving up a play. Uh, I do think this coaching staff has worked hard to try to get confidence back in these guys. I do think they go into this game um, confident, go into the season confident. But, again, how, how strong is that confidence? Because – but when things don't go exactly the way it's planned, John, we all know bad things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's one of those deals where, in, in golfing analogy, you can go to the range and you can hit you can hit them great on the range, you know, and then you go out to the first tee and you feel really good, and if that first drive goes wayward, do you do you get it fixed on on the second hole or does it become seven straight wayward drives and you can you spray it everywhere and all of a sudden you got a bad day. Um, I think the same can be said for baseball. There are guys who get in the in the box and, and take BP, and the ball's just flying out there, and then they get in a game and they can't find the ball. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's the question, Mark, is how do you handle it when it doesn't go exactly the way it's supposed to go? Um, and we'll see. But, but I do think this team enters the season with much more confidence. Final segment for us with Brent Hubbs of BallQuest.com. Tennessee kicking off the season against Bowling Green tomorrow night. 8 o'clock at Neyland Stadium is when it goes. And, Brent, what do you think it will mean for this staff to be able to hit the road and attend some football games on Friday? Well, I think it's a nice luxury. It's one of the benefits of playing on Thursday night is they're going to get to go out and see some games. And, look, there will be other coaches from around the country out on Friday night, if particularly if their team's playing at 
uh, 8 o'clock on Saturday, and, and they've got one of these first-week scrimmage games. You know, there will definitely be some coaches out and about. Tennessee's not going to – they're not getting the exclusive, exclusivity of being the first and the only team out there. But uh, I think it does free Tennessee up to go further if they want to. If they want to see some Saturday games, you know, they have the opportunity to do that as well. Uh, so it allows them to do more evaluation work earlier in the season than some other teams are, are getting the opportunity to do. And I think you'll see Tennessee out and about in East Tennessee. I think you'll see them out and about around the state. And I think you'll see them further expand out uh, with, with some other coaches on Friday night and then even on Saturday as well. When it comes to what they've been trying to do, uh, it I don't think there's any question that they've been trying to make up ground on what is just an awesome class within the state. Uh, what have been your uh, initial impressions of, from somebody who's playing awfully close now, having relocated to Knoxville, in Walter Nolan. Yeah, I thought Walter played particularly well against Maryville, and I know Maryville, I know Maryville won that game handily in the second half uh, and, and pulled away from Powell with the, the late surge right there at the end of the, of the first half. Uh, but I thought Walter played pretty well in that game. Um, I, I get tickled that some people talk about, well, you know, he doesn't play hard or this. I mean, he's playing defensive tackle. He's not going to make every tackle. Mm-hmm. That position, you don't you you don't tackle you don't make the the, the tackle every time the ball snapped there. Uh, I thought he affected the game. There were times where Maryville tried to run at him in the second half, and he ended that pretty quickly. Uh, but I thought Maryville, who did run the ball effectively, ran away from him, schemed schemed away from him pretty well. But uh, you know, I, I thought he was better in week two than he was in week one. Uh, we'll see how he is this week, um, and and they they take on Carnes, and that'll be an interesting matchup with Deshaun Bishop, who's got a Tennessee offer, who's been outstanding in the first two weeks of the season uh, for Carnes, and has them at two and zero. But I think you're seeing Walter get adjusted. You're starting to see him get in a little better shape, and I think you're starting to see him play better. I would imagine and think that if he stays healthy, he'll get better and better as the season goes along. Yeah, ask some of those Maryville offensive linemen what they thought of him. Yeah, he's pretty good. He blew them up yeah. a lot. But I agree with you, and I mentioned this the other day. They had some quick pitches that took him out of the game, and then they had uh, uh, the uh, unbalanced line that they ran quite a bit away from him, and it didn't, didn't have much of a chance. Uh, do you believe that there was a Georgia assistant coach that saw Walter Nolan play in the opener, which we had a phone call about, which several people said, yeah, there was a Georgia assistant that saw him. At the, that they were it, at the game? At a game when Powell played their opener this season. Um, it's, it's illegal. Um, yeah, whatever, I mean, un- I, unless unless he's got it, unless that assist, Georgia assistant had a son playing on a team, you know, <laughs> that, that, I'm, that I'm unaware of. So uh, I, I'm, I'm not aware. I mean, uh, no, I, I don't believe that a Georgia coach was. I don't, I don't see why Georgia would take that chance. To, I mean, really, they've already offered him. He's, they're in the final three. What What do you need to do? You, you, are you going to – hey, don't tell anybody, but I'm going to sneak in and watch you play. And well, it's going to be the difference in getting him? I don't believe that. And he didn't sneak in. It was a guy wearing a Georgia outfit yeah, with a Georgia I don't, hat. I don't, yeah, I, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't, okay. If that, if that guy's coming in, he's going to dress like Bobby Valentine in the Mets locker or the Mets <laughs> yeah, dugouts. Yeah, that's right. Be. There you go. Nice little <laughs> shoe-polished mustache. <laughs> that's right. What are you talking about? I wasn't in the dugout. <laughs> it was Groucho Marx. Um, what do you expect out of Tennessee's running backs? I think I think they're going to have a good night. I mean, Bowling Green couldn't stop the run a year ago, and I, I'm curious to see Tyon Evans. I think Tyon Evans has had a really good camp, um, and I think they're excited about him. I think Jalen Wright's going to have a chance to make, be the guy who makes a wow play, you know, that does something in the open field that gets everybody buzzing. I, I think Jalen Wright, Tyon Evans, Jabari Small will, will you know handle the bulk of the work for Tennessee. I think all three of those guys will have a solid night. 
Um, and, and a lot of people will feel good about that running back position coming out of week one. It'll get a lot harder in week two. Uh, but I like that group. Uh, I really do. And that's not a knock on Eric Gray or Ty Chandler. They'll miss Eric Gray in some ways, but I do like what they have at that room. I don't think they're going to miss those guys as much as maybe missing some guys at other positions because I think they've got pretty good talent there with Evans, Small, and Jalen Wright. One quick question, and this could be a, a difficult one with this being the first game, but sometimes the best thing that can happen to a player is a change of scenery or a coaching change. Mm-hmm. And is there, Are there any candidates in your mind who might benefit most wearing the orange and white that they did get perhaps a clean slate with the new staff that takes them into the field tomorrow. I think I think Trayvon Flowers is a guy who's a different player. Now, part of that's health. I mean, he's healthy. He's not been healthy since he's been here. I don't think that it means that he disliked the previous staff, but I think he and Willie Martinez have, have worked well together, have blended well together, and, and I think that I think he's got a chance to have a, a really solid year. I do. I, I, I like where he is at right now. I think it's going to be – uh, I think that's going to be healthy f- for him. Um, Jabari Small probably deserved more carries than he got a year ago. I don't know that he needed a change of scenery, but I think Jerry Mack's been, been good for him as well. Um, so, you know, there, there's a couple of guys there, certainly on that defensive front. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those guys were in such a bad situation last year, such an unfair situation for those kids to go through last year. All those guys should be better this year. Every defensive lineman should be better. Is oh, that yeah. because they're a change of scenery, or is that because they got a coach? Right. You know, it's because they got a coach. I mean, I just think that was a really – you go back and look at it, it's a really difficult situation that those guys were put in the middle of uh, last year. And uh, I think everybody will benefit on that defensive line will benefit from that. It's not been easy, and it won't be easy for them uh, under Coach Garner, but I think all of those guys are better players now than they were a year ago because they have some scenery there. It's not a change. They mm-hmm. just, they've just got somebody there who's coaching them every day right now. So what will folks find right now at BallQuest.com, and what will you guys have leading up to kickoff? Well, we've got uh, – Rob's got his matchup piece up. Uh, we've got the Rocky Top Roundtable up where we talk about this game as well. We've got a recruiting story up right now. Then tomorrow we'll have uh, a new uh, game day podcast that we're introducing tomorrow that will run every, sun, uh, every Saturday. Uh, that Eric Kane's going to host on on that, so that that's fun. We're looking forward to that one. We'll do our predictions tomorrow. I've got my ten things I think I think up from yesterday. Of course, we'll have uh, the cheat sheet leading into the game tomorrow, the two minute drill, and then we'll have all of our post game coverage to, tomorrow as well. It, it's I don't have no idea what day it is. That's why I didn't get my daughter picked up at school. That's why I wasn't here when I was supposed to be here. I'm told they're going to play football tomorrow, and I'm told I'm supposed to be somewhere tomorrow at 6:30. I'm going to get there on time, and then we're going to watch some football. And then at some point, I'll figure out when it's Monday again. But tomorrow's game day, so it's. Whatever today's supposed to be, it is. They're going to play football tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. I'm going to be there to watch it. All right. Brent, always appreciate it. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you on campus. All right. Sounds good. That's Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. From design to installation, the team at Diversified has you covered. View their portfolio online at sunandscreen.com.